0: We need to recognize when God brings spiritual success. We must not forget who brought it about, and we must give Him alone the glory. When we succeed in His will, when God answers our prayers and accomplishes those things through us, He should receive
1: all the glory. Thanks for joining us for this Thursday edition of Equipping the Saints. Featuring the Bible teaching of Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, today is an exciting day in our study of Nehemiah.
0: Yes, it is, Dave, because today we'll see that the wall was completed in spite of all the opposition. Indeed, we're going to see that the Lord brought success. So turn with us to Nehemiah chapter 6, and we're looking at verses 15 to 19.
1: Well, thanks, Greg. And as always, if you have to miss a portion of today's broadcast, you can hear this entire program online at etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Now, let's join Greg for today's message.
0: Well, if you've been a believer for very long, you will realize that there are times where you pray and pray and pray for the right thing. And you are about the Lord's business doing the right thing. And if you do the right thing in the Lord, you're going to face opposition, as we've seen. But there are times when those prayers, whatever it might be for a family member to to have a heart change or to be saved or a ministry that the Lord desires you to do comes about or whatever it might be, you want to work heartily under the Lord and God has supplied a job. You've been praying for that. We come to these points where we have success in a sense. We prosper in a sense where God allows those prayers and that work to come to fruition. Now for us as believers, that's a blessed time where we enter into that sphere of where God has blessed something that you've been praying about, planning about, working for, whatever it might be. But we need to realize, as we'll learn from Nehemiah today, that there's a danger if we don't respond rightly And so we need to look at, as we'll see today, how to avoid defeat after spiritual success. Would you turn your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at verses 15 to 19, finishing up the chapter. Now, as we've been going through the book of Nehemiah, we know that Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. He had a very high position in the Persian Empire, the world's superpower of the day. And in chapter one, we've seen that he has heard of the condition of Jerusalem and how it was a great evil, in a sense, to the Jews that they were being mocked, reproached. God was being reproached because the walls of Jerusalem were desolate and the gates had been burned with fire. And Nehemiah was broken up over that because he desires the Lord to be exalted, as we see throughout this book. And so Nehemiah was weeping and praying. And we see in chapter one, he prayed for four months. And we have a wonderful model prayer in chapter 1 for us to look at. And it became apparent to us and certainly to Nehemiah that God was going to use him as the person to go help the Jews in Jerusalem and Judah. And so we see him praying for the Lord to give him favor, to grant him favor. And in chapter 2 we see he goes before the king and the king asks him, because he's downcast, what's his request? And Nehemiah wisely requests that he would be able to go rebuild Jerusalem. And the king grants that request, an amazing thing that the king does. And Nehemiah wisely gets the letters he needs to travel, plus for the wood that he would need from the king's forest. And so he comes there, and then we saw that the opposition began to mount against him, Sanballat and Tobiah, when they heard that someone wanted to help the Jews. It was a great evil to them. But Nehemiah responded rightly, we see. And he came to Jerusalem, and we saw in chapter 2 that he surveyed The walls at night secretly, not allowing anyone to know what he was doing. There were certainly leaks within, and we'll see this today, within the Jews, getting to the bad guys. The word was getting out, so he was very wise in that. And then he gathered together the Jews and encouraged them to build the wall together. And he shared how God's good hand had been upon him with the king and how he had granted him all these things and the ability to come there. And so we see that happened. And then we see in chapter Three, We have just an overview of the building of the wall, how everyone came together, we see, and built the wall. And it was completed in chapter 3, kind of an overview of what we would see in more detail in the rest of the chapters. Then in chapters 4 through 6, we saw varying instances and circumstances of Satan working through people to try to stop the progress in the building of the wall. And we learned varying tactics that Satan uses to discourage us from God's work, to get us to try and quit, to give up, to be quitters, right? We're going to see that godly people are not quitters. God isn't a quitter. Praise the Lord, he didn't quit on us. He will complete the work that he began. He's not going to quit on us, right? And in God's character we see that Nehemiah and these people did not quit, but yet they faced great obstacles. We saw in chapter 4, one of the techniques they were using was to use ridicule and mockery to try to get them to be discouraged. And then there was outright attacks tax plan to kill them. But God protected them, and Nehemiah focused their heart on the Lord, that the Lord would fight for them. So they guarded the work, and they worked at the same time wisely at the leadership of Nehemiah. And then we saw in chapter 5 that Satan tried to exploit internal sin with the Jews, where we had the rich Jews oppressing the poor Jews, oppressing their brothers sinfully through usury against the law of the Lord, unloving and not kind in the midst of a famine, and Nehemiah takes care of that and dresses it, and they respond. And then we came to chapter 6, where we saw another one of Satan's tactics, which is fear. First of all, Nehemiah was being lured out to a place where they could knock him out, obviously, And then they used the tactic of slander to cause him to fear. And then they even hired prophets to false prophesy that Nehemiah would be afraid for his life and run to the temple to hide based on a false prophecy. And he would sin and then be discredited and then the work would be discredited. But Nehemiah doesn't go there. He feared the Lord. Not the fear of death in those people. And so now we come to the last portion of Nehemiah chapter 6, where we come to an amazing place where we're going to see that the wall was completed, that the job that he had come for was completed. Amazing. And so with that in mind, again, turn your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 6. Now we have this amazing portion. The wall is completed. There is a success here. Remember, Nehemiah prayed earlier, and I'll share this, pray that they would prosper or succeed in the work that God had for them, and they have. So let's take a look at our passage, and we're going to see again how to avoid defeat after spiritual success, okay? Because, you know, when things go good in the Lord, we're going to see we tend to kind of lighten up. When things are difficult, we are praying, we are on our knees, we are alert. And when things are good, we're kind of just, ah, you know? Uh, but we can still rest, but we need to be alert, okay? as so we'll see. Verse 15, so the wall was completed on the 25th of the month of Elul in 52 days. Amazing statement. And it came about when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations surrounding us saw it, they lost their confidence, for they recognized that the work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Now, we would want to say amen, and yes, that's good, and say end of chapter, right? (laughs) We're done. This is great. Good news. It's over, right? Well, it doesn't so work that way. We'll see. And also, in those days, many letters went from the nobles of Judah to Tobiah, and Tobiah's letters came to them. For many in Judah were bound by oath to him because he was the son-in-law of Shekinah, the son of Arah. And his son, Johannaon, had married the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Barakiah. Uh Uh-oh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Moreover, they were speaking about his good deeds, that's the bad guy in my presence, and reported my words to him. Then Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. Remember, we've seen that this chapter has a lot about Satan's tactic of fear, and here we're going to see it doesn't cease but it just comes in a different form. And therefore, we need to be on the alert, and we need to pray for what we can learn. These things have been written for our instruction upon whom the end of the ages have come. So here we see in verse 15, tremendous thing. We see that the wall was completed in 52 days. This is amazing. This is totally amazing. Uh, Torn down, terrible shape, gates burned down, uh, dejected people, God sends his man, Nehemiah. He encourages them to trust the Lord and to step out and work, and they worked, and they did it. And by God's grace, as we will see, they completed it. Now, this was the reason why Nehemiah came in the first place. This is why he came. You might remember in chapter 1, verse 2, when he heard from the remnant of Jews in Judah who survived the captivity, they were in great distress and reproach, because the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates are burned with fire. That was what he heard. That was what first prompted him to pray about it. And he wept and mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven, right? And he prayed for a few months, and then he came to understand that he's the guy that God was leading. But he would have to lead him through walks of faith, steps of faith, in the context of the difficulties and what he would need to do. And he prayed for success and God did so when the king granted his request to come and help them, because the good hand of his God was upon him, right? The good hand of his God was upon him. And so he came to rebuild the wall. But why would that be so important? Why would a wall what's no, we've got a fence here and there, you know, we got some wall. What's why so important about a wall? Well, in these days major cities had walls, and they were used to protect them from enemies. And this was a city of the Most High God. And the walls around the city of the Most High God are gates burned and scraps of of rocks all over the place, a demolished wall sitting there. Well, it was mockery. The nations around were mocking the Jews because the city of their God was in such disarray. And the Jews' hearts were broken over it, right? And so it was important. And so what an important day this is because it's done. The walls have been rebuilt. This is a victory. God brought victory. God fought for them and brought victory. And by the way, as we look at these principles, we need to be reminded that these aren't principles about our will and our ways and God bringing us victory at that point. No, this is Nehemiah doing God's will, clearly God's will, and God bringing victory in his will. You see what I'm saying? So when I'm talking about victory and success, I'm talking about spiritual success when we are trusting the Lord, obeying Him, and God leads us to complete something or brings about an answer to something. That's what I'm talking about, and that's what we're seeing here. Because you might remember, uh, Nehemiah said back in chapter 2, and I rose at night, verse 12, and I and a few men with me, and I did not tell anybody what my God was putting in my mind for Jerusalem. This was God's plan, not Nehemiah's plan. This was God's plan, okay? And so you can think about it. You know, you're looking for a job, and you know it's God's will for you to work. You are completely submitted, willing to do whatever you want. You're diligent, and God brings it about. Praise the Lord. You know, whatever it might be, whatever successful thing it might be, wonderful, 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 but... The opposition that you faced before may be just around the corner again, and we need to be on guard. We need to be careful, because as we are on this earth, we still have an enemy. Now, our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? It's against Satan and his cohorts, but he uses them. He uses evil men to bring about his will. evil men and imposters, as we'll see today. So then, a wonderful, significant day. And so with this in mind, how are we to respond Now notice, and let's look at it more specifically, verse 15. So the wall was completed in the 25th month of Yule in 52 days, and it came about when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations surrounding us saw it. They lost their confidence. They recognized that the work had been accomplished with the help of our God. It is victory. Now this would be sometime around August and September. That's this month of Yule. It's the 12th month of the Jewish calendar, Okay. And so it's right around that time, and that's significant, I'll show that a little bit later, but that's when it happened. He gives the time to show, hey, it really did happen. This is the real deal. So God had brought the work of Nehemiah for him to completion. And then notice, they are outright enemies, the ones who were identified. These are enemies. They were dismayed, disheartened by what the Lord did. Verse 16, and it came about when all, this is great, when all our enemies heard of it. And all the nations surrounding us saw it. They lost their confidence. Wow, this is great. Praise the Lord, right? You might remember the enemies of Nehemiah are those who opposed the building of the walls. Sanballat, who was possibly a Moabite. Tobiah, we'll see him today, the Ammonite official. Gershom, the Arab. We also see the surrounding nations back in chapter 4, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites, which would be Philistines, surrounding nations. So what happened when they heard it and saw it? It says they lost their confidence. Now, it's interesting, in Hebrew, it literally says their eyes fell forcefully down. They went, ah, right? I mean, they lost it. You know, when someone is dejected and lose their confidence, they're like, ah, right? Praise the Lord for that. All their wickedness that they tried to use to impede the building of the wall failed, and Nehemiah and the Jews were able to do so and rebuild it. But notice it's also very important that the enemies also understood something. And Nehemiah records this, and he records it as though he understood it too, the way he includes the word are. The end of 16, For they recognized that the work had been accomplished with the help of our God. They recognized it was accomplished with God's help. Even the enemies did, and Nehemiah's stating in his statement, he clearly reveals this. He's writing this, by the way. He understood it was the help of our God, right? Folks, it's no secret. The enemies knew that Nehemiah was trusting the Lord, and these nations knew whose God the Jews was. How did Nehemiah answer Sanballat, Tobiah, and Gershom in chapter 2? And they asked, what are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Nehemiah said in chapter 2, verse 20, And I answered them and said to them, The God of heaven will give us success. So the word means prosper. He'll bring it to completion. Therefore, his servants will arise, build, but you have no portion, right or memorial in Jerusalem. Hey, we're going to have success. Nehemiah started from the finish. This is God's work and he will give us success, right? So the wall was completed on the 25th of the month of Yule in 52 days. And it came about when our enemies heard it, all the nations surrounding us saw it. They lost their confidence, for they recognized the work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Praise the Lord. Even the enemies recognized it. Certainly the Jews recognized it. God did it. God did it. And so this leads us to our first principle that we need to recognize when God brings spiritual success. We must not forget who gave us that success. We must not forget who brought it about, and we must give him alone the glory. You see, when we succeed in his will, not ours, we need to give him all the glory. You see, when God answers our prayers and accomplishes those things through us, he should receive all the glory. And Nehemiah is a man who gives him the glory. Remember back in chapter 2, verse 8, he says, And the king granted them to me, because the good hand of my God was on me. God gets the glory. And we saw this a minute ago in chapter 2, verse 20. The God of heaven will give us success. He's giving God the glory. And we know that he said in chapter 4, verse 20, that God would fight for us. And so then we have here, Nehemiah trusted the Lord to strengthen his hands. We see that in chapter 6, verse 9. He believed God would do it. He trusted in the Lord. And he says it's with the help of our God, and then these bad guys, even they recognized, even they recognized that the work had been accomplished with the help of our God. So when you experience spiritual success and prosperity or victory, give God all the glory or you are in trouble. Now let me remind you what had to happen to get this done. This was done in times of distress. A hundred so years earlier, 70 to 100 years earlier, Daniel had been given an answer to his prayer in Daniel chapter 9 verse 25, and the angel said and predicted that the king would make a proclamation to rebuild. And in that passage in 925, it says that this would happen in times of distress. There was distress. We saw the Jews were greatly distressed before Nehemiah came. We saw they faced great obstacles. Nehemiah needed the approval of the king, which would be probably impossible, right? We saw that. Remember, they faced ridicule and despised. Uh, They were aiming to demoralize them and discourage them. We saw they were even being planned to attack, to be killed, to put stop to the work. We saw there was internal sin that threatened the building of the wall. There were attempts to lure Nehemiah chapter 6 into a trap then outright slander, then wicked hiring of false prophets to scare him, to cause him to sin. This is times of distress. But God did it. And Nehemiah gave God all the glory. He didn't say, wow, I am a really good leader. You know, a lot of stuff I see, and it bothers me a little bit, are about leadership. And they'll use Nehemiah as an example. Yes, there's an example, but Nehemiah is a man who trusted the Lord. If that's what you're talking about, leadership, praise the Lord. Remember those who led you and spoke the word of God, right? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. Nehemiah trusted the Lord and imitate their faith. They try to take it all and principalize every little thing he does and make it a leadership book. Nehemiah was a godly man who had God's wisdom, who trusted him and obeyed him and did it by faith. And so then... We see here, it was done in the midst of difficulty. And Nehemiah could have said, wow, I sure did a good job scouting it out early. Wow, I sure did a good job organizing all these people and how to do this. I sure did a great job. I'm a pretty good guy. You know, God has given me a lot of skills and, and I did it for Jesus, right? Well, he doesn't do that. He says, God did it. God gave them the victory. God did it. It was by the hand of their God. And so please be on the alert When the Lord gives you that job that you do not say in any way, shape, or form, my strength or my abilities has gotten this for me. Please be on the alert when your prayers are answered and God used you to help someone see their sin rightly and they've changed that. You say, wow, God gave me this and it was me. There's really a lot of me's in there, right? Don't do that. Paul says in Galatians, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself, Galatians 6. And we know so much so that in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 5, that we are not adequate to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. And we know what Jesus said in John 15, the day right before the night before he was betrayed here, apart from me, you can do Nothing. So if we trust him, it's him through us, and we have the privilege by his grace. Paul would say, I labored more than the others, but not I, the grace of God in me. God did. Yes, we did. We had the hammer. We preached the sermon, but God did it in us. God did it. We need to be careful not to forget when things become prosperous spiritually. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And Moses has the Israelites on the plains of Moab ready to enter the land, Namas, second law. He's reiterating the law again for this generation. The other generation died out in the wilderness because of sin. And he's reiterating this. And he's going to say, basically, you're going to come into a great place that you didn't do anything for, and it's going to be a great blessing. Don't you dare forget God by not obeying him and thinking that somehow you did it, that this is your doing. Deuteronomy 8, verse 11 Beware lest you forget your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and statutes I'm commanding you today. Lest when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, and when your herds your flocks multiply, your gold and silver multiply, and all that you have multiplies, then your heart becomes proud, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions, thirsty ground where there was no water. Hey, this is pretty difficult building the wall too, right? And he says here, he brought water for you out of the rock of Flint.
1: If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free, 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, so the wall was completed in the midst of great difficulty.
0: Yes, it was, Dave, but yet as we've begun to see today, Nehemiah gave God all the glory for their success, and so should we when the Lord blesses His work through us. Well, we've just scratched the surface, so make plans to join us for our next edition of Equipping the Saints.
1: As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you're receiving spiritual benefit from Equipping the Saints, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift today? Every gift makes a difference. No gift is too small, and every dollar is put right back into the ministry. To send a gift to Equipping the Saints, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to donate online, our web address is Radio. That's ETSRadio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here, for another edition of Equipping the Saints.